Masonic Roundtable does not condone nor support any illegal activity. Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level to interact with us. Uh, we love seeing you chat with us live. You can send questions and comments on our Facebook feed or YouTube feed. Hello and good evening. Um, also, if you post your comment, you may even appear on the show. So that's cool to see you there. As always, if you can't catch us live, check us out on your favorite podcast app. You know me, my name is John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957. Next up for his introduction, who do we have next? We'll do Jason Richards. Hey, Jason, how's it going? Good, how are you, John? Great, great. Awesome. Uh, Jason Richards here, past master of Acacia Lodge number 16 in Clifton, Virginia, member of the Colonial Lodge number 1821 in Washington, DC, and Lafayette Lodge number 79 in Zanesville, Ohio. Woo, awesome. And last but not least for tonight, Brother Joe Martinez, worshipful Brother Joe. How's it going? Hello, hello, Joe Martinez. Um, yeah, I also do not condone any illegal things, even though I'm dressed like a Russian mobster tonight. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tracksuit. You, you may not partake, but you may sell? No, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yes, no, no. Well, no, none of that. None Joe of that. Martinez, Pisces. Not a drug pusher. Happy to be here. Um, yeah, just super thrilled. That's good. That's good. Glad we got those disclaimers out of the way. This is going to be a fun episode. Multiple uh, disclaimers. Yes, yes, indeed. So before we get into it, the guys who keep the show going for many years to come are the patrons. So if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable and uh, give us some love because we'll give it twice back. Twice the love back. What? Yes. I didn't why sign it, up for that. Why is it yeah, not well, one for one love? Why is no, it it's, it's two a two for one, one offer we got going on? It's it's an April deal. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> a nice show we used to have. It was. It was. <laughs> Next topic on the agenda, as always, is the tarot card of the week. I heard jo Joe doing some shuffling earlier. I was. I was. And um, yeah. So, so this week we have the. Uh, which deck do we have? We have the. Botticelli deck that I bought in Rome. Um, yeah, they are all uh, tarot cards based on the artwork of uh, Botticelli. Um, nice. They are super, super pretty. They're all like gold foil and super lovely cards. I'll shuffle them. Um, and we'll see what we get here. <sighs> you ready? Let's see. So if this is for our tokes and tokens episode so yes what, what feeling are we gonna get this is gonna be the, the vibe for the highs so let's what do we got we got we got the one two three four five six seven seven of cups of cups which is actually pretty apropos yeah yeah so the seven of cups is your imagination card your uh in your typical rider weight set it's got cups with a variety of different objects in them right there so you have choices you have um yeah. lots of different paths ahead of you you've got imagination creativity i mean hey that's that's enough to uh come up with some really good ideas <laughs> and, and the munchies at the same time yeah like here's the world card there's the oh venus isn't that cool yeah i love it i love that's it awesome and it's in eight languages so no matter what language you speak you can play with these cards. So, yeah. I like the foil. They're Shiny. super pretty. Yeah. Is that a, uh, like, low Scarabo? It is. Right yes. On. Plus two points. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, they, uh, they're they the same ones that put out the uh, Nefertiti Tarot. Oh, right on. Okay. That I got you. And then the, uh, the Art Nouveau Tarot, the gold foil leaf. Yeah, we were at a um, so quick aside. We were at a little um, uh, like a novelty shop in Rome. We had just had gelato because we had gelato after every meal. It was like, oh, let's have gelato because that's what you do, right? And just get full blown diabetes. And um, total novelty shop. And yeah, somebody walked by. One of my family members, I forget. I think it was my wife, just walked by tarot cards. So we were sitting there for about a half hour, just going through all these different decks. And I think we picked up a bunch. So 
yeah, if you're ever in Rome, yeah, stop by the novelty shop next to the gelato Just store. Next time I'm there, yeah. I was not as open-minded as I am now the last time I was in Rome. Well, that means you need to go again then. I concur. Road trip. Let's go. All right. All right, so let's get into this week's topic, which is tokens and tokens or the drug question, right? So uh, every once in a while, with the advent of more and more legalization of a variety of substances that used to be illegal, may or may not be now, depending on which statute you're looking at, um, occasionally the question is going to come up, is Freemasonry and drug use compatible or incompatible, or can I be a Mason if I have or if I am currently Right. So we need to explore that topic because it's it's complicated. And so we're going to walk through a variety of different scenarios. What what may what may work, what may not, and even maybe get into some of our personal opinions as well. Right. So as usual, the standard standard disclaimer applies. So the first question to really get started. Well, before we do that, let's let's add in there that we are not going to proffer any legal counsel or nope, advice. Not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> Nobody here is a bard attorney and will not be representing you. If you said, well, John told me to do this. Yeah, exactly. Right. You and every, SOL. Every grand lodge is going to be different regardless. So that's right. Yep. Exactly. Right. And so, we do not, we of course do not condone necessarily the use of, of any substances that would be illegal in your particular jurisdiction. Hence, hence why I said that at the beginning of the show. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, I'm, I'm reiterating. You're doubling down. I like it. Two for one. Two for one. Twice the love. All right, let's get right into it then. So, um, starting broad, getting specific. Can I be a Freemason if I've ever been arrested for drug use or drug possession? Yes, ostensibly. It depends. That's the yeah, typical it, consultant answer, right? Yeah, right? Well, this this gets back to you know our crime on the petition, right? Episodes previously, right? Because it's not right. a blatant no. It depends on your jurisdiction. Yeah. So what what are is some it examples? Misdemeanor is it a felony? How long ago did it occur? You know, <clears throat> what's the lodge? You know, jurisdiction. Think about it. Was mm -hmm. the lodge itself? Think about it. Right. So let, let's let's dive deep into that. Right. So. What Jason's alluding to, if you haven't really seen the the, the crime or, or if I've been a previous criminal, um, it's interesting because for a universal system of morality that we have, every jurisdiction, every state in, in America does things a little differently. It will ask that question a little bit differently on the petition for membership. And so some states, like I think Virginia, it's have, have you ever been um, convicted of a felony? Right. So that's it's a very high bar, whereas other jurisdictions have a lower bar of have you ever been uh, charged with a crime, charged with a crime, not even found guilty or innocent. Right. So it's uh, the wording is very specific and very unique to the jurisdiction of which you may be petitioning. So that's the huge flag, because then, J Joe, you look like you're puzzled by that. No, no, not puzzled. I was just thinking of some other uh, jurisdictions that like get really specific. They're like, right. You know, the last question is like, have you ever been convicted of a crime of malice or, you know, uh, you know, uh, I forget the term they use for like the really bad crimes, um, mm -hmm. you know, so the, the the meaning being that you could have had like a little felony, but like a big felony, you're like gone goodbye. Lowercase so, F felony. Yes. Lowercase F. Yes. yes. <laughs> a little baby felony, um, which which I find really interesting, right? Because, again, I'm not a lawyer. However. Um, there's, you know, when you think about the level, the, like the statutes that apply to, um, possession, right. Or possession of use of distribution of like, those are all different things that carry different penalties, yeah. um, in various States. Some are wide open, right. You have a lot, a lot of, um, States that are very liberal with, with what you can own, possess, grow, and et cetera. Um, and then some restrictions on how you can just distribute that. So, um, so it, it's it's more nuanced than just a, a yes or no. Um, will I be banned from joining the fraternity if I've ever been? Or you know, could the laws change, right? So maybe uh, it was illegal a few years ago, and you tried to join Freemasonry, and now it's it's legal in in your state or jurisdiction. Well, I think there are two. 
kind of two primary ways to think about it, right? You have the question of, is there something about taking a, you know, psychotropic or hallucinogenic substance that is incompatible with the tenets of Freemasonry? And is there the criminal statute act of the same that is or is not compatible Which is why, with yeah. jurisdictional rules, right? Which is, yeah, Two exactly. Different. So there, there's a lot more nuances below that. So I put that in the show notes, Jason. Yeah. So yeah, that there's a variety of different questions that break that down. Well, I think the show notes, I promise. Well, I think that you, you kind of made an interesting point there. I mean, let's go back 100 years uh, to the early 1900s. There was cocaine in Coca-Cola. In Coca-Cola. So, yeah. You know, um, Lithium in, in Sprite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So seven up. You yeah. know, the uh, the landscape does change from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. and, and like you had mentioned, there are states that have legalized some substances. Um, you know, I'm going to call them control substances, right? Sure. Because, Blanket uh, statement. Sure. Yep. That sounds yes. good. Control substances. And it's kind of, it, it shifts around a little bit. It really does. Um, interesting to see when you go to like the District of Columbia um, and you see people uh, imbibing control substances there. Uh, and they're very careful about it because as long as they're not on federal property, they're okay. Um, you know, <laughs> you so got to watch what street corner it's you're really, on. It's really, yeah. yeah, to drive in DC. <laughs> I'm not going to say where, but you drive down and you see certain places or alleyways that are not actually owned by the federal government. And there's not a thing that anybody can do to these people. And uh, so it's, it's interesting. And again, I think to your point, times change and opinions change and the laws change around these control substances. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, you go back to, you know, reefer madness of what, the 1950s, 1960s, right? You Even know, earlier than that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And kind of the, the public panic that was caused out of that film, um, you know, and, and now looking at this drug charges can be a way to keep the prisons populated. Like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Not not you know jumping fully into like you know the political nature of of drug right. culture, but mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> so so we've talked about crime so far, right? So we talked the the if I've ever been arrested for charged with right the use possession or distribution of controlled substances. Now let's shift to a different question. Let's assume <clears throat> in the jurisdiction that you're in that within boundaries that are always that are always written into law uh controlled substances are okay for personal use now the next question becomes if it's fine in my state can i still join the freemasons if i've ever used or i'm currently using controlled substances it What's depends it de what you can't say it. <laughs> it depends. yeah i i second that answer you know there's something to be said for you know Recre recreational and or entheogenic right if that's a word you know using you got it using hallucinogenic <laughs> substances to further you know your own spiritual journey vice addiction you know there's a big difference between you know doing something like DMT or even like psilocybin mushrooms um, to have kind of that spiritual experience and, you know, being addicted to meth or abusing opioids and prescription painkillers. Like mm -hmm. that, that to me is really the, the line there. Right. Which, which is interesting the way, and I worded that question on purpose, very specifically, can I be a Freemason? Can I can I apply for membership of Freemasonry if I've ever used or are currently using drugs? Right. So the, the sure. big question is, it depends. And what does it depend on? Because if, if we're not talking substance abuse, or we're not talking, you know, uh, the law, then what does it come down to? It comes down to what your grand jurisdiction and what that lodge, how they feel about the substance use possibly Joe. Yeah. Um, I get, I get a feeling 
in my bones when you say that. So now I, I've been a Mason for a little while and I can't think of a single time talking to a candidate, getting a petition where that ever came up. Oh, that's so funny. I, I have literally talked to a guy who was interested in joining masonry. He walked off the street into a local lodge, uh, high as a kite, <laughs> and, oh, okay. and talked my ear off and bloodshot eyes. The whole thing—it was you smell it, smell it on like there was no no doubt that this guy was flying high and had a great conversation. He, you know, went went all over the place, but he flat out asked, and I said. That's a good question. Maybe, you know, maybe you should talk to some other brothers around here as well. You know, get to know, get to know the guys. You know, um, so it it does happen. It could happen, and yeah. you know, let's just say you're an active user. It's legal in your state. Like, it's something you you enjoy. Again, more power to you, right? That's if it's if you're not harming anyone else and you're you're enjoying it, then then so be it. That's very libertarian of you. It is. It is a nice libertine. way to just live and let live, right? Not libertine. <laughs> let's let's, let's slow, slow that roll there. Your religious libertine. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, no, I mean, but, it's going to come I, up. Like if it's going to come up by the brothers, who are going to say, "Well, this guy, you know, might might have an issue." Again, let's let's take your example and let's put it off to the side. Okay. Other than that, when have you seen a person that was high as a kite walk into your lodge and ask you about Freemasonry? You know, I'm sure the times are few and far between. Sure. And if you see someone who is not under the effect of control substances, <laughs> why would that question come up? It definitely, you know what I mean? Well, okay. So let's, let's a way to that. start a new affinity lodge. <laughs> Thanks, Suncard. Call, well, call UGLE up. Okay, so where could it come up? I'll tell you where it could come up. Um, if it doesn't come up on the petition, because we don't flat out ask that in any jurisdiction I could think of, uh, there is a thing called an investigating committee or an investigation committee that could come to your house and interview you to get a couple more brothers' opinions about this potential candidate for Freemasonry. And if you've got the UV mushroom posters and you know, you've got lots and lots and lots of incense holders, like uh, either it's going to come up in conversation or it's going to be come up and come up in conversation back at the lodge. Right. So just saying it could be out there depending on, depending on who's doing the investigating. Right. That's a whole other conversation we could have about the, uh, what does guarding the West gate really mean? Because uh, when do personal opinions and politics and free uh, and biases come into excluding members of the craft? But I'm saying it's Always, possible. It's possible. That's, right. That's the point. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I think that for, in my experience, I'm not as worldly and as amazing as you are. It is, it, it's, it's not occurred to me. I've not walked into a house and, you know, dude's wearing a Grateful Dead shirt and he's got a rubber band holding his goatee down and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So I love all again, the stereotypes for painting here. I know it's not, it's not something that I've seen organically come up. Um, which again, going back to the purpose of this, right? Like the stigma is that these things are illegal. So if you have someone who is a user of recreational drugs that, are legal or control substances um, that are legal where they live. Why would the natural inclination be to randomly ask someone about it? Like, Hey, Jason, did you smoke pot today? No, I did not. Right. Cause we don't ask those questions on the That's daily. The right answer. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. You passed. Correct. Okay. Next question. Is drug use incompatible with Freemasonry? So aside from personal biases from, an investigating committee and aside from the feelings of the lodge, uh, how do you, in general, is it compatible or incompatible with the well, I feel tenets like I of answered this question like 15 minutes ago? It depends. I'm going to go with it depends. Let's see. Uh, yeah, there, there it goes. <laughs> yes. It depends. How does it depend, Jason? Um, it, it depends on whether or not the drug usage presents fundamental 
like problems thinking addiction um, leading you to do other things that are incompatible with Freemasonry. All right. Let's not, not taking care of your <clears throat> wife and kids or. So let, let me, let me pull that thread. So let's just start with addiction, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's addiction of other vices incompatible with the tenets of Freemasonry. Yes. Okay. Then there was no, it depends question there. I, I thought Jason cut right to the point and I, I would, I would disagree. What? Because, yes, I would, because I think it depends uh, because there's a addiction is a spectrum of the harm and of the, of the amount of usage and, you know, just personal preference. Right. Um, sure, sure. I, I know people that can't live without a cup of coffee every day or, you know, or just might imbibe in some sort of alcoholic beverage. So either way, <clears throat> there are, there are other addictions that we allow in the fraternity, right? I mean, the Shriners are, are, are a very wet fraternity. If you want to think of it that way too. Ew. I did not mean to put that picture in your head. I Ew. apologize. I'm going to strike that from the record. So, yeah, and yeah. Shriners are wet. There's a reason I don't go to Shriners. <clears throat> what? Yeah, right. So maybe I... it's incompatible with Jason's Freemasonry. What do you say, Joe? Yeah, um, definitely. I, I'm against all types of wet. Shriners masonry. are moist. Not, not into that. Oh. So you're, you're, you're anti-wet masonry. Got it. Yeah. No, I'm definitely not. Um, but no, I think that Again, I think the more we talk about this, the more we're we're heading towards a, a stigmatized way of looking at things. And I'm just reading the comments that are going um, on social media as we're talking about this, right? So if it's just we ask the question and people are responding with, "Yeah, absolutely, it's not compatible." Well, I, I think you have to put everything in context, right? So context John brought up a humorous example of you know him lifting a beer glass. Um, there's nowhere in Freemasonry that says J- uh, John cannot have a glass of beer or a bu- can of bubbly or this a is an addiction soda stream, not sponsor. Right. Not um, a sponsor. But again, I think we're just putting what's organically happening is we're putting a negative slant on this when again, that's mostly a recent phenomenon, right? If we go back long, long, long ago in time when people were being initiated into things, um, there was no stigma associated with certain types of substances. So it's a, again, it's a relatively recent thing that's come up. So, um, well, I feel like we've been putting the, the connotation and the stigma on the, the addiction that leads to like bad, morally reprehensible behavior. I think you have. So judgy today. <laughs> like, <laughs> you kill me but (laughs) but like you know for for me i you know i personally don't think that that drugs in and of themselves are a disqualifier like you know there are there were um there was a study that uh got published today um or or at least a clinical trial started today on using uh, mdma for um to treat mental illness. Like, I think that's, I think that's real. And studies recently have shown similar types of uses for shrooms. There's also helping with uh, PTSD. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then there's the religious experience piece of that as well. Mm. DMT, Mm. the spirit molecule. Right, right. So that's good. I mean, we, we had the show on 420 for a reason. It is our uh, show 420. It's our 421. Get it? Because it's our, we missed 420 last week, but it's our 421. So, um, so what I'm hearing through a broad lens, the broad spectrum, is that drug use at, it, in itself, if we take the stigma away from it, is not wholly incompatible with Freemasonry, right? In fact, um, it Joe was arguably a very heavily ingrained part of Freemasonry in the 18th century. Could be argued, right? Yeah. It could be. 
Um, how about from other initiatic systems, Joe? Ooh, let's talk about that. Yes. Yeah, so got excited there. Slow, slow I did. Okay. So we've got Freemasonry, right? That's only been around for what? 400 years. Let's call it. Since um, time immemorial. Nope. 1717. No, it never yeah. existed before then. A pile of dung. Okay. So spoiler alert. Freemasonry has not been around since time immemorial. Okay. But the roots and the shells and the, the husk of it has absolutely been around for thousands and thousands of years. Right. So if we go back through the archaeological record, um, I believe it was around 5,000 BCE, where in North America, uh, archaeologists found, um, what's it called, um, uh, peyote, um, and carbon dated it to dry peyote, you know, used for a particular purpose um, that comes from cactus, that was carbon dated to around 5,000 BCE. So it was used as a medicine, it was used as a... Um, spiritual retreat shall we call it but um you know hallucinogens and ethnogenic compounds have been around for thousands of years i mean the most notable of them is my favorite topic right the eleusinian mysteries which date back to what the 14 1500s bce uh, is probably the earliest time we've seen them and they lasted for over a millennium okay so over a thousand years where it is believed, archaeologists believe, and some people who study it believe that the potion that people drank, it was called Kikaon, that was made with like barley and mint and wine. And I, I saw a couple of YouTube videos recreating the recipe based on what's been found. It does not sound delightful at all. And it actually sounds pretty disgusting. Um, but archaeologists have found that in... Uh, some places where they made this that they found ergot which is a hallucinogen oh, yeah. and it grows on grain so the thinking was that while people were going through the mysteries uh and they participated in drinking the kikaon which remember they were fasting for days they were uh, purified and spiritually and mentally and physically prepared and then they drink this compound that has hallucinogenic properties you're gonna have an awesome trip so, yeah. um, and your then your body's going to just ingest that real quick. Absolutely. Yeah. And then just keep the, again, that was going on for a thousand years. And then let's go to, you know, the Pan American continents where you have, uh, tribal American people that are using hallucinogens and ethnogenic compounds for, again, as a spiritual medicine, as a rite of passage and all these other circumstances where, again, there's no stigma. There's nothing negative associated. It's a part of that rite of passage to move from one place to the other or from this world to the next or what have you. And it still goes on today. Um, I mean, go to Machu Picchu, still there. And then Jason hit it on the head with, there are many religious groups that have exemptions where they are allowed to use these substances. So, you know, where does, where does Freemasonry in general get to judge that, right? Boom, off my soapbox. There you go. Yeah, if you, if you claim it's for religious use, then uh, you're kind of covered, right? You know, and then you know, one thing comes to mind, too. So, I mean, this is fascinating, right, to go down that, that rabbit hole. And I think I'll just I'll double down and say, uh, again, another plug for um, uh, P.D. Newman, brother P.D. Newman, who's written a couple books on uh, a variety of different controlled substances used through initiatic um, experiences that are connected to loosely connected to, or, or really directly to uh, Freemasonry and then, and, and those initiatic experiences that to enhance the experience. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to double down on that, that, that used to be not, not just recommended. It used to be part of the experience, the initiatic experience. That is something you did in order to, come out a different transformed individual but john we're a social club now so we don't need to do any transforming we've spirit. we've replaced acacia with pancakes green beans <laughs> yes you, you know what happens when you eat too many pancakes you leave that ihop and you're just like oh 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 i'm a new man <laughs> or, or for that waffle house you know where, yeah. where, where ihops are not available yes I'm hungry now. Right. Right. So, um, you know, another thing back to the, the criminal question that I forgot to mention too, is how even at your state level, 
there is still federal restrictions on certain drugs as well. So, I mean, technically, like even if it's legal within your state, it is still a felony um, or prohibited by U.S. code. So that's that brings up a whole whole other variable in the mix of is it legal or not right because there are are you in the military right serving in the military are you a government employee are you government anymore Mm -hmm. no mas (laughs) right are you contracted to the federal government right so and then but but what about hey i was overseas at that time right or you know Mm -hmm. where it was legal over in amsterdam what what is there that's not allowed? Nope. So I feel like there are lots of things that you could do over in Amsterdam or maybe Thailand. We don't we don't have uh, enough shows on TMR for that. There's that's that's a long laundry list of topics. Yes. Those are called semi-legal. Okay. <laughs> semi-legal. Well, you know, if it happens in Vegas, it stays in Vegas, right? So no. until until you get the the, the P test. <laughs> well, I was waiting for somebody to say something again. We're not requiring our candidates to go pee in a cup, right? It's like, Hey, thanks for your petition. Take this cup, go pee in the bathroom. Um, that's never happened. Maybe not in your jurisdiction, Joe, but no, yeah, okay. no, I haven't. I, I can honestly say I've not, not seen that. Happen. Yeah. We do background checks though. More and more state jurisdictions do. are doing background checks, Oh yeah, which will validate or invalidate the, the criminal question. Right. So again, if maybe you know, just hypothetically speaking, a couple couple years ago, you're in a you're in a state where it was illegal, but it's now since been illegal. Uh, been it was illegal now legal, but you got busted for something back then. It's now still in your criminal record. You know, you think it's no big deal, but it's going to come up in a background check. Then you have then you have some explaining to do to the brothers in the lodge, right? What happens then? And you should be proactive in doing so. Yes, exactly. If it's what do you mean by proactive, Jason? What should you do in that case? I I had an incident where um, somebody popped on a background investigation, and I got the duty of going and talking to that person and being like. So, hi. Now, tell me about this right here. You know, it was fine. You know, it happened a very long time ago. It was for something really, really minor. And the dude was like, I completely forgot. Like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Not, Not even drug related, but like, you don't want your brethren finding out something about you based on a state background check, right? Because then they start to ask the question, okay, why weren't you up front? What else are you hiding? Uh, are you not trustworthy? Um, so I've, I've found that, you know, proactive honesty is generally the best policy um, because then you can, you know, you can get those questions answered and, you know, your petition signers can be ready to say, oh, yeah, this is a thing. This is going to come back on the background check. And then the lodge, you know, can decide what that means. I, I've seen the the opposite happen as well, where the opposite happen as well, where you have um, someone who. I'm just throwing out random numbers uh, to protect the innocent. You have a 60-year-old person that's coming to petition the lodge, and they got a DUI when they were 23 years old. So they write that down on their background check. Uh, They write that down on their petition. My English is not so good today. They write that on their petition, and their background check comes back clear, you know, because it's so old or it's fallen off or it's no longer an issue, that kind of thing. And I've seen people, number one, I'm asking them, well, how the hell did you get his petition where you know this, number one? And number two, uh, why are you talking about this? Because right. it's a non-issue. So it becomes mm-hmm. an issue where oh, yeah. it would not have been before. So Absolutely. Yeah, and I've seen that happen more times than, than you're doing. Yeah, no, same here. Same here. I, I can name a few instances yeah. of the same where a, uh, a candidate for Freemasonry is too open, <laughs> right? And 
lists some of these things that uh, they may have had some trouble in the past. And again, if, if but then when you run the background check, it doesn't show up. And so then you have that awkward conversation of, okay, now what do we do with that information? Yep. Yep. Right. So now let's get personal for a second, right? Um, let's just say you are now being asked to sign a petition for someone who actively partakes in pick pick a controlled substance, right? Um, how does that play into the uh, your assessment of whether or not they are a good candidate for Freemasonry? Well, one. Oh, go ahead, Joe. No, you go first. So one, you signing that petition presupposes you have a longer standing relationship with that person. So not like you met him that night at, at the lodge dinner. No, <laughs> but we, that's... we, we try not to do things the way the shrine does things. Um, <laughs> I'm spicy tonight. Mm, you are. You're like a little jalapeno. Mm, jalapeno. Jalapeno. And so, you know, at that point, you know, when you have known someone and presumably known someone well for six months to a year, you know, at the minimum, you will be able to see, generally speaking, how that person's character has evolved and, you know, what, what any recreational practices, you know, what, what kind of effect they have on on that person's character. Joe? Yes. What say you? Oh, okay. So, uh, I, I'm going to one of the rare times where I'm going to agree with Jason and say exactly that. You should not be meeting that person for the first time when you're signing their petition. Uh, it happens all the time. We know it does. And number one, that's a shame. And number two, you know, that gets into all the all the tropes we throw around about guarding the West Gate. But I think that, again, if this is a person that you're willing to sign their petition, then there is something to them that would yeah. Yeah. make them right, let's, worthy of it. You know, let's, so let's, that, let's assume it's not the the first day. Let's just say you've, you've known them since high school. Right. Yeah. But, you know, they're also a huge parrot head and a deadhead, right? And right. and and really just enjoy the culture. Well, listen, I've it. got I I know there are many people that I would happily recommend and sign their petition who I know are daily recreational users. Right. Um I know many people who I would happily sign a petition for that use it as prescribed medicine. Uh, people that suffer from anxiety. That's an interesting angle, yeah. PTSD. Uh, I know many veteran brothers who use all sorts of drugs um, just to get through the day um, because it helps them normalize. So I think that, and I said drugs instead of control substances, my bad. But um, Throw a nickel in the jar. Yeah, I think that, um, again, if if you can still do all the things that are needed of you to be that moral and decent person, um, then what does it matter right. when, you, when you do yeah. it? Yeah, there agree. Yeah, and so that's the thing too. It, that in itself is not uh, what's a one-issue vote, right? It's it's not the deciding factor, right? Because you can you can partake in those things again personally and and not harm anyone and be an, a great person or an awful person that doesn't really have a standing in your moral character or if you're a fitting for a candidate for Freemasonry, right? So I mean, I know many people who've been Masons for 50 years that could probably be a much better person if they smoked a joint once in a while. <laughs> 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 right i'm not kidding yeah. you know like, dude you just you need to loosen up you just you really need to loosen up. <laughs> like calm the hell down bro <laughs> smoke a doob right yeah because again that's it, it is that in in itself is not a a binary factor that that can say yes or no right away and, and again you know just from a personal perspective it's like again I'm all about the non-aggression principle. Like if it's, if you're not harming anyone and it's, it's 
something you enjoy and it makes you happy and you're a good person and you have morals and standards and all these other you know things that make you qualified to to join Freemasonry, then who am I right to to prohibit you from from to stop you from joining Freemasonry? So I think what we're saying here is it is intrinsically not a disqualifier. It's intrinsically not a disqualifier. Well said. Yeah. Well said. You mm -hmm. have to consider second second order effects. Mm -hmm. Great comment, Jason. Ah. That Jason, not you, Jason. Not so why don't you read it for our audio listeners, Joe? Oh, so uh, Jason Valdez says, overdoing anything that takes one away from their responsibilities as a man slash Mason, staying true to our duties to ourselves, families, and to God. Perfectly said. Boom. Right? I mean, that's that should be the summary of the show, right? Right there. <clears throat> there you go. Esoteric fitness. We've already talked about P.D. Newman. Yes, you missed it. You're going too late. <laughs> you were late. <laughs> catch up so uh now now let's just let's go let's go in imagination land as we start to wrap things up there you go there's your there's your pd newman plug right there um imagination land right so it, imagine a world where it, it was actually part of the initiatic experience that a controlled substance was part of because we talked about the ancient mystery schools and how that was part of it. Now, fast forward to, to today. What would you your thoughts about, be on that? Let, let me get a clarifier on the question. Yeah. Are you talking about adding these sorts of substances to Masonic initiation or to initiation in general? Let's. This is a Masonic show. Let's say Mas Masonic specifically. I think we would need to seriously tighten up what we consider initiation <laughs> before we first. even consider Do that first. bringing something in. I mean, people lose their shit. Sorry. If someone plays music during yeah. a degree or someone, or, <laughs> if someone in Texas. or if someone lights incense during a degree, or if someone changes, fiddles with the lights a little Don't, bit, that's you know too I mean? dark. Turn, turn the lights up, <laughs> you know? So like to even have the conversation about, you know, using hallucinogenic substances and preparing a candidate spiritually, mentally, and physically, whoa, yeah, that whoa, is not whoa, even in the cards. And like, no, <laughs> I think it's safe to say in the U S we would not be able to get that through any grand lodge. Not in the foreseeable future, maybe closer to 2039, 2040. We could probably make that happen. Hashtag. We could probably make that happen. Two people. Yeah. Right, but and three or more. Oh. Do we so it's possible. So okay, let's assume we're getting closer to the twenty forty time frame. Um, how do you think that would benefit or harm the fraternity or other? Well, it would benefit the three of us because we'll be old AF, so we won't <laughs> care. Right. We will not care what happens. Like we'll do whatever the hell we want because we're gonna be old and crusty. So <laughs> one might say we already are. Yes. Um, I think it depends. I hate that I'm giving the consulting answer so much <laughs> tonight. Uh, but at the, at the same time, like, I, I see something where, you know, and, and an entheogen needs to have a very, like, solid ritual experience a specific to marry to yeah and so if you're doing like you know really really sloppy ritual work correct Bingo. like it's i don't know it can it can it can hugely heighten the experience if done right if done wrong probably be a disaster right i, I think Another way to say what I'm agreeing with you on, because that's a, that's another rare instance, that if we're talking pancake masonry, it wouldn't really, it really wouldn't do anything for the initiate. Uh, if we're talking about, you know, those who observe the craft, those who uh, put intention and focus, have crisp ritual, right? The, the meanings are behind the words, Right, you're giving the candidate the best possible experience ever, and this substance was introduced to help with this initiatic transformation. Oh my gosh! Like, how amazing would that be? Right, you you, you come out uh, a changed person, 
And so, you know, that is certainly in the realm of possibilities of what could be. It, it could, but we, we would need to let's let's go back to your hypothetical future. Everything is wonderful scenario of 2040. And I would agree with you, but something would need to drastically change in the way that we do not just the initiation, but the whole bringing in people into masonry, right? Because Ooh, the use of those substances is going to require a lot of preparation, right? It's not just, hey, walk in there, smoke a joint, and then boom, get initiated. It's, right. There's a lot of mental preparing. There's a lot of physical preparing. Hey, these are the things you should do. You know, like people that go to Machu Picchu. Like, right. They give seven, you well, okay. seven days before that. No sugar, right. no caffeine, no this, no that, no nothing. And then after, it's not just boom, you got your degree. Let's all go into the dining hall and have apple pie. It's you got to come down from that experience. So there's got to be a whole process to, to, you know, for the high and for the low. So, um, yeah, I mean, our whole initiation process would need to change drastically. And I, and I would dare say too, like you need to have some level of spiritual awareness to, to start. Um, because that'll just crack your spiritual skull right open. Um, that's at least how how I have heard, right? You know, things happening. Um, and we've we've gotten you know there have recently been stories published where um, there are professional football players who go down to South America to do ayahuasca, and it's had some very very interesting you know impacts, lasting impacts on their lives. All right. Boom. Don't do it lightly. Don't do it lightly. Don't take it lightly. Either way, either way, if we fast forward to 2039, 2040, and it, it, this is part of the experience, either way, don't do it lightly. I think it's, yeah. that's always good advice, right? It's, this is not something you just throw together on a weekend. This is something that's to be done with intention and contemplation. So good, good, good stuff. All right. Let's go to final thoughts uh, and the question tonight. Let's see. Final question of tonight should be. Um, have you ever enlist the times that you actually imbibed in illegal substances, Joe? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no. And followed by no, no and, <laughs> and none your business and hashtag 2040 hashtag plead the fifth. Yes. No, I think that, um, in, in lieu of an answer to your question, which I will not answer because this will be on YouTube forever. Um, you know, I am a, uh, I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer. So I, you know, I grew up in a world that, uh, was definitely different. I saw, uh, brother Scott was talking about being a child of the sixties and seventies. I'm a, I'm a kid of the eighties. Right. So you grew up with this whole cocaine. I, I didn't grow up with cocaine. No, we couldn't afford <laughs> cocaine. I was not well off. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, I we I grew up in the the war on drugs uh, generation, right? Um, with the fried egg and this dare and brain on uh, drugs. And, yeah, I mean, I showed Scruff that McGruff. I saw that on TikTok. The fried, you know, this is your brain on drugs video. And my daughter's like, that's stupid. I'm like, well, I had to watch that every day for ten. Every years. so, day. but yeah, so you know, there was a stigma associated with it. But again, the more you learn and the more you step outside of your comfort zone, again, not condoning the use of any control substances. Um, the more you'll learn that these things have been a part of humankind and civilization for a very, very, very long time and not just the last 20 years. So just something to consider. And um, yeah, if you're going to do stuff, uh, keep it clean. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Sweet. Thanks, Joe. Hey. All right. Jason, what say you about the whole topic of 420 and Freemasonry? So I like how you changed your final question. Um, <laughs> you no, were ready. Oh, yeah, you're thanks. ready to list them. I mean, thanks, go buddy. ahead. I, so, I'm taking notes. <laughs> no, I think, you know, growing up dealing with, you know, I, I think, you know, mental health has come a long way from where it was when we were kids. And so I think, you know, growing up in areas where I saw, you know, the outcomes of mental health problems that, that just 
weren't treated or perhaps weren't treated correctly. And, you know, being obtuse on, on purpose to, to, you know, to cover the innocent, but, um, like I just never had a desire ever to, um, kind of open that Pandora's box further. It's like, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, I, I've finally gotten comfortable with living in my own head. Um, You're so squeaky clean. Yes. Um, so, but on the topic of, you know, drugs and Freemasonry, like, I don't think drugs inherently make you a good or bad person. Alcohol doesn't inherently make you a good or bad person. It's how you conduct yourself and your character that is the defining feature of whether or not you are compatible or incompatible with Freemasonry. Ooh, well said. Well right. said. That, that was good. Hard to follow that one. Right. Okay. So this one time in 1998, uh, I was at band camp and they passed. No, I'm not going to list anything like that. No, did they pass a flute over to you? Yeah, no, no, there were no flutes involved. Recorder. Uh, <laughs> I hate you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, again, uh, I, I'm I'm very live and let live on a lot of these these topics too. Right? It's as long as you're not harming someone. I'll say it again. Like, obviously, there are many instances that we could list of uh, the substance that either takes over someone's mental condition or takes over you know impacts the family members uh and friends of <clears throat> that said person and we're not talking about that you know, we're just talking about um is, is the nature of a controlled substance something that's compatible and compatible with with freemasonry and i think we, we've done a good job of kind of laying out all the pros and cons and all the scenarios and and looking at it from an objective standpoint to say that you know, explicitly, unless you know the, you're you're following the the laws and rules of of the jurisdiction in which you live, <clears throat> then right, right, it's not really a factor, and and that's the way it should remain. Uh, personal biases are going to creep in, and you're going to have a different answer to that question once you know you go to your specific lodge, because as you said before, lodges have different cultures. But either way, we really should just be mindful that um, you know, this this is a a different world than the decade before and the decade before that. And so, um, you know, we just have to make sure that we are, we are, are tolerant of other systems and we are uh, always extending that hand of brothership, uh, brotherhood with uh, fellowship and love. So with it'll that, it'll be a different world in 2040 too. It will be a completely different world for me <laughs> in 2040 where I'm sure much more experimentation will occur. I hope to see you there. And I, I like seeing you here every week watching the Masonic Roundtable <laughs> Brothership. I love you guys. Have a wonderful week. Thank you all very much for watching and keep searching for more light. Wow. Brothership. <laughs> <clears throat>